All right. Overdue is the word that I would use for this episode. Long overdue. We've been trying to get uh, our buddy Ben Wilker on the show for a while because, you know, as Sacramento Kings fans, for the first time in a very long time, we have a lot to celebrate, which means simultaneously we have a lot to talk about. Um, now, Sam is going to be joining us here in a few minutes. Ben and I are going to be kicking off the show to start. Um, so we're not going to dive too deep into the weeds until Sam shows up. But for the time being, uh, we are obviously going to talk about the Sacramento Kings, but more of some broad general stuff. So let's, uh, Ben, first of all, glad to have you on the show. Glad to have you back. It has been Gosh. a hot minute. It feels great. You know, in studio, I feel like you guys need a beam that we can just hit the button really quick, you know, oh, light the beam. Um, but yes, I would say long overdue. I I, I have had... I have lots of uh, things I want to say about this Kings team. Um, I, I, I'm, you know, obviously thrilled as a long-suffering Kings fan that, that we're here, that we can say the word playoffs and not laugh about it, you know? Mm-hmm. We're not like, oh, we just need the Lakers or whoever to lose 10 straight and we need to win 11 straight, you know? Like, we're not talking about draft picks or lottery. Like, we're saying the word playoffs and it means mm-hmm. something. So so I'm I'm jacked. So I got asked yesterday what my expectations were for the Kings, at least going forward now. And truthfully, my expectation is that they just make the playoffs, um, which I feel like at this point is probably fairly safe to assume that they're going to be in. Um, Mm -hmm. But the question was more geared towards what do I expect them to do in the playoffs? And, I guess, honestly, at this point, I don't necessarily have any expectations because this season, in their timeline of development, this year wasn't supposed to be the year that they were going to be really, really good. So this year has just been a blessing, and whatever ends up happening, I think I'm I'm good with. Like, just getting to the playoffs is like opening up, like, like taking – you know how when a shooter goes cold and they have that saying, you just need to take the, the lid off. Just like, right. you just need to see one go in. Get to the free throw line. <laughs> exactly. So for us, I think for Kings fans, we just need to see one go in, right? We just need to see them get to the playoffs. And then next year we can worry about maybe expectations. So I think for me personally, just being there is a positive enough thing that right. I would feel satisfied with the season. Right. I, I don't want to answer your question. I'm going to do this. I know it's probably annoying. Answer your question with the question, but have you thought at all about next year? I'm just curious. Have you thought once about God, what's next year going to look like? Cause I personally, I'm, I'm going to answer my own question, but mm-hmm. personally I haven't even considered like what next year even looks like whenever the off season comes for this team. So I'm just curious as to like, how you laid it out, like, you know, getting to the playoffs is just such a positive for this team and the culture um, and the fan base, obviously. But like for you, like even just like thinking about where this team could end up, like, have you even thought about that outside this year? Not, not really. Um, I, I don't know why I don't know this, but did we sign Sabonis to a longer deal? He is under contract for next year. He's probably going to opt out because he will get more money, which I am 100% sure the Kings will pay 
whatever that I mean, they'll just say, yes, opt out. And here's your contract. So I'm sure he's going to resign a longer contract with the Kings. um, But for the contract that he was under with Indiana for the trade, he's here for next year. So he's under contract next year. So I think the Kings are in a, a cool position right now because they don't, they already have Fox under contract. So that's mm-hmm. fine. But they don't have anybody on their team who's commanding a, a ton of money. So obviously Sabonis is going to get paid, which mm-hmm. he rightfully deserves it. Um, but everybody else on their team isn't going to be needing big, big contracts. Right. So my hope for next season is that it, like everybody stays. Yeah. I mean, with, I think with Harrison the... Barnes. Sorry, to I think Harrison no, Barnes yeah. is the only guy that's not under contract for next year that's on the roster. So that's the only other big piece. But I don't think he's going to demand the money that we're talking about. Obviously, with like a Sabonis or like really many players like in his position. You know. No, I I don't think so either. And I love Harrison Barnes, and I think he's absolutely perfect for the team. If he walked. I think they could absorb that blow more than like a Sabonis or a Fox. And I know that those are one and two, but like, it's hard for me to say who the third most important person on the team is. I think some nights it's Harrison. I think other nights it's Herder. And I think other nights it's Monk. (laughs) Um, So I felt if they lose Barnes, I'm sure they could find somebody like, I'm sure they could slide Keegan to three or keep him at four and then find somebody to sort of fill that role. But I would be bummed if they lost. For sure. For sure. And kind of like tying what you're saying to of like, it's Harrison, it's Keegan, it's Monk, like back to like your original question of like, what, like, what are the expectations? I mean, like, man, like you said it, like get to the playoffs. Like, let like right now, like I'm like, let's, whenever that magic number is like, get to the playoffs, like get that top six and then kind of go from there in terms of seeding. Mm-hmm. And like right now for me, like, God, I mean, this, this is historically the best offense in the NBA. I don't see, like, we've seen it enough. Like there's, they yeah. play too many games to be like, Oh, like it's, they're going to come back to earth. Like, no, this is the best offense the NBA has ever seen. Defense. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of like to I like to look at like kind of what the Bucks did to us last night. Like yeah. they're they're the elite team. We're a really good team. Um, and they just got stops for a two, three minute stretch when it mattered. And I think the Kings have done that to a lot of teams this year, um, which is, you know, obviously helped uh, their record. But obviously their defense for the first, you know, for for like 40, what, two minutes is pretty crap. Um but I think with just them having the best offense and just guys that can come every single night, and it can be a different guy. It could be Kevin Herter going for 25. It could be a Monk going for 25. It could be Harrison Barnes going for 25. It can even be a Keegan Murray going for 20-plus. That can win you a series. Yeah. Truthfully, that can win you a series. And especially if you get like a home court series where you get those first two games in Sacramento where that place is going to absolutely lose its lid. Like they're like you, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I've heard a lot of people kind of flip the narrative and like, 
oh, I mean, the West is just such a parody right now. Like, we're going to see the Kings in the Western Conference Finals. Like, you, you know, like, yeah, I, I don't expect that. I mm-hmm. If they get a top four, I would love to see them win a series. And I would love to see them compete in a series. I think that's my expectation is to compete in a series. I would love to see them win a series and get more experience. But I think my expectation is you're going to be a top six and get home court. And that's where I go from there. And then the playoffs is obviously something we haven't thought about. And it's a whole different animal. I mean, that is truly a win the night, you know. Yeah. And we'll go from there. So – since Sam still isn't here yet, I'll ask you a question that we had talked about mm. um, on the show. I think it was last week. The Kings are sitting. They were sitting at two. They're at three now. Now, obviously, the stuff happening with John Morant outside of basketball, we don't necessarily need to talk about and get into. It's good that he's getting the help that he needs from the standpoint of a basketball perspective. That's something that the Kings could, you know, like, hey, we we got to jump Memphis while they're while they're weak. So, seeding. How important do you think seeding is right now for them having the top, like being in the top four? It, I mean, it's it's massive. I mean, that win Saturday, like in the whole like retrospect of everything with the Suns, was absolutely massive. Because now I think they're four games clear of them, and the Suns lost last night as well. Maybe three and, three and a half. half so I can understand. Three and a half. I mean, that's a team you play again. You play them in a week, I believe. Um, and, I, I mean, like, if you can jump Memphis, you've got the head-to-head, which is great. I think if you can get to that two seed, I feel pretty comfortable about the teams you might face in, like, a, a seven like so, I feel like you're probably going to get a Clippers or a Mavericks. Yeah, let me read you who's 7, yeah. 8, 9, 10 right now. Timberwolves at 7, Mavericks at 8, Lakers at 9, Pelicans are at 10. Yeah, I I feel like the Lakers are probably going to make the playoffs. Probably. I don't I mean they're they're I don't think they're jumping into a top 6. I don't think so. They They've got – I think they're a 7-8. I don't know if I want to see the – I mean, like, honestly, like, I don't care. I just don't know if I really want to see the Lakers in the first round, just personally, for my, like, own health. They're a matchup problem for the Kings. Yeah. And especially – I mean, like, them being healthy is always such a, like, who knows. But that's a damn good team. I mean, like, honestly, like, if they go – if they stay at three, I'm happy. I feel like you've got two to three, like – You've got good matchups. I think they can, again, like I said, like they can outscore anybody. It's more of like, can you keep up? And can the Kings get some stops and get some stops that are like continuous, especially late in the fourth quarter, you know? Um, So I don't know. I'm two, three. I like where they're at. So I'm just going to go down the teams who could hang at, five or uh, between five and ten and i'll just tell you the teams that i would and i would not want to see for the kings matchups any just or pedigree doesn't matter warriors if they fell to six no don't want that matchup clippers i'd feel okay with that we saw them beat the clippers twice um and god (laughs) 
for the NBA to have that as a playoff series after the two games that they got recently, I think they'd be lucky to get that matchup, at least from yeah. a marketing standpoint. The Timberwolves definitely feel okay with that. Mavericks. Eh. I think they match up well with the Mavericks. I, do I really too. do. But I think the Mavericks are kind of stinky, but sorry. Yeah. But Luca is, I mean, he's just <laughs> he's Luca. <laughs> yeah. So like he could turn a whole series, and you can't discount Kyrie as well. So like they've got two guys who could change an entire game by themselves. So I, if I'm gonna give yeses or no's, I'd put a no on them. The Lakers are a matchup problem. They're just bigger than the Kings. And right. I know that they just played the Bucks and they did really well against the Bucks for like 46 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it was the last two minutes. They actually held the Bucks under 30 points in the first and second quarter, which was outstanding. And they out-rebounded the Bucks. So they found a way to compensate for size, which they did exactly what I said they were going to do on the show uh, two days mm-hmm. ago which was go to zone quite a bit. And they did. I was like, I don't, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't go to zone yep. with how outsized you are. And then the Pelicans, you definitely feel okay with that. So like, it's like half and half. Right. Basically. Um, yeah. And- I, mean, I think just staying top four is good. Like I said, like, I think yeah. you just want to stay in that top four. Um, that gives you your first two games at home, which I think is going to be massive for this team, considering there just is like, not much recent history in the playoffs. And I think just having those first two games at home will be important. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I basically agree with all of your matchups. Um, yes or no. I don't know. I like even Minnesota kind of scares me a little bit. We've had trouble with them this year. So yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like let's just get there and then like, let's just let the ball, you know, I like, it's such a bad like radio talk but like let's just like see what they do like i don't i'm not really scared of anyone per se i'm just like just more nervous of like how this team will respond to the playoffs more than anything like i think like last night's such a great example like they can beat anyone any night truthfully it's yeah. more of like can they do it four times that's the part where i'm like yeah. oh man that's that's daunting. Like that is something that I'm not used to like being like, okay, can this team do it four times and then do it four more times and then do it four more times. So we'll see. Yeah. I'd say um, it's an interesting. So that's one of the things so that things that Sam and I had talked about um, recently was like, what kind of class the Kings are in because Right now, the Bucks, the Celtics, the 76ers, and the Nuggets kind of feel like the four. That's like, a. yeah, yeah, that's a so the Kings right now are hanging out in that B range. Probably the Kings, the Cavaliers, the Suns, the I guess the Warriors, Memphis. and yeah, Memphis. One of the things that we were trying to figure out was are they closer to A or B? Because they're definitely in B, but are they are they at the top of B or are they like at the bottom of A? You know what I mean? They're yeah. I feel like <laughs> they're B, like solid B. I think if you look at their record against those A teams, they're probably I think they've split Denver so far. 
lost to Philly twice, I believe, lost to Boston and lost to Milwaukee twice. So they're mm-hmm. they're probably closer to that if you want to really go like closer to that C more than anything. But I think they're solid B. Like they're they're truly like we again, I don't think they've had a bad loss to any of those elite A teams, but their record would indicate that they are not yet in that quadrant. So right. right. Um yeah, I mean so again, like we've said and like you know Sam and I have talked about, it's gonna be a matchup thing for them for every single round, more than anything. Um so we uh just in all of that we had our our other co-host finally join us. So Sam, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Hey Ben, nice to see you, man. Nice to come on. Thanks for coming on. I feel like I'm a like a second hour caller or something on the Ben and Jason show. Yeah, let's go to uh, line one. We've got Sam on the phone here. Sam, you got any questions for us? Well, first off, huge fan of the show. Uh, first time caller. Um, Thank you. Uh, yeah. What do you guys think about the Kings matchups against Giannis? I mean, it seemed like he was a varsity player playing against middle school kids at a hot shots game. Um what do you think the Kings could do better to match up against lengthy athletic wings? Yeah, so let's get into that Bucks game. Actually, <laughs> um, it uh, it, you're absolutely you're right. Answer, you're not going to answer that friendly caller's question. Uh, I, you know what, caller, I was getting to it. The <laughs> uh, because uh, what I was about to say is that you were a hundred percent right. Giannis got whatever he wanted, and it didn't look hard for him at all and i understand that Giannis presents matchup problems for i mean pretty much everybody but (laughs) yeah but like damn he was eating the kings it wasn't even it like again it didn't even look difficult yeah i don't know i i felt like the king's game plan was a little like sus against him like i felt like they should have thrown way more bodies at him and they were like overly concerned i think of the shooting that the bucks have which arguably i think they're a top like five or ten three-point percentage team so like they obviously built their team around Giannis very well but i don't know it just felt like he got the ball so many times at the free throw line and it was like turn around metu's on him and it's like one post down dribble okay now we're gonna throw Harrison Barnes he just kind of steps through it over everyone and layup dunk like over and over again it was not like I don't know it just felt like an odd little game plan they had even when he was bringing the ball up it was like okay Matsu, good luck pick him up at the three-point line <laughs> maybe he'll miss a layup that's kind of like what it was I don't I don't know it felt like kind of odd the way they went about attacking Giannis on the defensive end I don't know if you guys saw that too but yeah same go ahead I just don't think they have the personnel really. For sure, um, they threw they threw Trey Lyles, Shemezi, uh, Kessler Edwards. I think got some run in. Uh, Keegan Murray, I think, took him for a little bit. Harrison Barnes was on him for like most of the second half. Um, I'm pretty sure they threw a Sabonis. Sabonis I think for got sure, yeah. A couple of times, right? Like they threw pretty much every person they had. I'm surprised Dilvadova wasn't thrown out there just to try something. Um, Alex Lynn, the personnel. <laughs> yeah, Alex Lynn, maybe some length, but um, yeah, it just seems like 
I don't know how you throw him off because he is the most physical player in the NBA. Yeah. Right, where he just overpowers defenses. And I think that's maybe what the message was because it, it got chippy. It did. Right? And I think that's a, a product of the Kings trying to be physical, but it just didn't matter. It felt like, and Ben, you were right, they were just, uh, like, Giannis was catching the ball up at kind of the elbow a lot. It felt like their game plan was, you know what, we're going to let him play one-on-one, but we're going to make sure everybody else doesn't shoot or doesn't score. So it's like, Giannis, go score 60. We don't care. Everybody else, we're going to hold to under 10, which they were doing. Like, again... The first quarter, they only gave up 27 points. The second quarter, they only gave up 26. Even the third quarter, I know they gave up 37, but they were still making defensive plays. Mm-hmm. And then that fourth quarter, they, they seemed to turn to Chris Middleton a lot. He got hot. Brooke Lopez got hot. Drew Holiday started affecting the game defensively. Grayson Allen had a bucket here and there. And once all of the other Bucks players started to come out of that Slump. I don't even want to call it a slump, but they just started hitting their shots. I mean, it, it all fell apart, and that game plan that they went with just kind of, you know, fizzled out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like watching that game, like Giannis is probably the most, like, team-friendly, like, ball-dominant basketball player yeah. as well. Like, it just never felt like he was, like, dribbling, the, obviously, the air out of it because he never really has to bring the ball up. And again, he only has to take like two dribbles from any point of the court to get to the rim. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I like the Kings did get physical with him. I just think they let him get a little too comfy early. I think I remember mm-hmm. it was like 15 13, and it was like 15 13 Kings, but it was 15 13 like Giannis or 15 11 Giannis. And it was like, yeah. man, he let him hit his first outside shot with no one in his face. You kind of let him get a couple of layups. You let him get out in fast break, and it's like, I don't know. Tough to stop him when he's rolling. He is the most fun player, I think, in the NBA to watch, just coming down the court full head of steam. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy because, um, I mean, you I think you just got to try to draw charges. I mean, I feel like that's got to be the game plan. Whenever he spins, you just got to have somebody slide immediately. Yeah. I Like, I don't know what else – I don't know what else you do to combat the physicality than punish him for it that well, way. But yeah, he doesn't turn the ball over either. Like, yeah, I don't really remember him throwing bad passes. Like, it's just, <laughs> like he's just so good. Like, like, like again, I after watching last night, like, yeah, we don't see him that often watching like all Kings games, obviously. Like, he mm-hmm. is the best player in the NBA, like, the best player. I don't think you can stop him. Like, he got going, and the Kings were like, hopefully he doesn't score 100 you know like kind of felt <laughs> yeah, that way at times what he missed a lot of point blank layups too yeah. like that was like the only times they, they could stop him was him missing a layup at the rim um and mm-hmm. it felt like oh man we got out of free got out of jail free i think um i'm more reassured by the outcome of yesterday's game because yes i think the fight was there and you can't you can't deny the offensive output that this team is capable of. I mean, at different times last night, Sabonis was dominating, Fox was dominating, and Herter went 
in Fuego. I think that was the biggest <laughs> problem I had was when he's made like what he made four in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like Harrison Barnes stopped shooting. Fox stopped settling for threes. The only person I want to see shooting a three right now is Herder, and we got to get him a look. Yeah, I totally agree. It felt like he was just shooting at the ocean. Yeah. Oh, my. Everything. It was like as soon as it left his hand, he knew. <laughs> that one where he turned around to the King's bench, that was awesome. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I uh, I got something here for you guys. Um, I have from NBA.com. I, this was a day ago. I have the power rankings right now. Uh, what NBA.com has as the current power rankings in the NBA. I'll read you the list from 10 to 1. Tell me if you like where the Kings are at and who they're sort of in between. They have... I'm sure going to What? I'm sure I'm going to hate it. Yeah. <laughs> so they have the Clippers at 10, Memphis 9. I'm sure they're taking into account the jaw thing. Um, Knicks at 8. Phoenix at seven, Kings at six, Cleveland at five, Denver at four, Philly at three, Boston at two, Bucks at one. I think they're. I think that's a good spot for them. I really do. Go ahead, Sam. Probably put them above Cleveland if I was going to split hairs, but that's not as bad as I thought. Mm. Um, I think Cleveland's having a great year, but. Uh, the Kings have beaten Cleveland twice this year. So to me, that should mean something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I like it. Six, six feels right. I mean, again, we just talked about like that puts them, I guess, a little closer to that tier A that we were just mentioning, you know, than tier like lower tier B. Yeah. So I, I think that fits. That makes sense. I, I don't I have think, I think the thing that probably Cleveland has, I mean, not probably, the thing that Cleveland has that we don't is that they, they're providing the offensive ratings and the defensive ratings for yeah. each team. And the Kings are first offensively, but they're 25th defensively. And Cleveland has the number nine offense and number one defense. So – yeah, I think it's the defense that sort of puts them um, puts them ahead. Shockingly, <laughs> I thought the Bucks were going to be higher on the offensive rating. They are 19th in offensive efficiency, which really surprised me. Time. Yes, yeah. Middleton. I mean, they have just recently they've had like their core together playing at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I, I I like where they're at. I'm glad we're above Phoenix. Um, and I'm glad they have uh, the Kings above Memphis and the Clippers. Um, so I think that was a fairly generous, fairly generous rating. Um, one of the things, Sam, while uh, at the beginning of this that Ben said he wanted to do was sort of go through the remaining schedule and sort of figure out where we think the Kings are going to land. And they only got like 15-ish games left. Um, so we can sort of fly through this a little bit and sort of each predict kind of where um, where we think they're going to end and what that might mean for their standings. Um, uh-huh. So let's try not to take too long on each one of these games. They play the Bulls at the time of this recording tomorrow. 
what do you guys think about that one? I, I think we can pencil that one in as a win. Yes. Win. Yep. Okay. So we got everybody's got them winning on that one. They play the Nets after that. I'm going to go yeah, long. So it's back to back. As I split those two. Yeah. Sam? I, I say they win. Um, I'm gonna say they lose that one too. Um, I uh, I agree with Ben from the standpoint of uh, it's a back to back. That'll be tough on the East Coast. They play the Wizards. I pencil that in as a win. Yep, agreed. Hope so. Okay. Um. So then they get uh Jazz Celtics Suns. What do you guys think? Beat the Jazz. Boston's. At home after the Jazz game, probably lose to them. Um, I say you beat the Suns. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go same win against the Jazz, loss against Boston, and then they beat Phoenix one more time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same consensus. All right, cool. And then, uh, yeah, getting towards the very end. So I'll go Jazz, Timberwolves, and then the back to back against the Blazers. Uh, I think you split Utah, Minnesota, and then you beat the Blazers twice. Sam? Uh, yeah, I think they probably lose that Minnesota game. Uh, well, maybe. What about the Jazz one before yeah. that? No, I think they win that one. And I think they beat Portland twice. Okay, so Sam, you got them going three and one in that possession. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say they beat the Jazz. They lose to the Timberwolves, and then they split with the Blazers. Um, and Dave then it huh? Dave goes off. Seventy. Yeah, Dave goes off. And then the last, uh, the last ones you have the Spurs and the Pelicans. So I'm a I'm a pencil that in as a win for both. Agreed. Um, and then the last three, the last three are tough. They finish with the Mavericks, the Warriors, and the Nuggets. Um, I'll say you go. God, that's so hard because who knows what the schedule i'm gonna say two and one i think you beat dallas you beat golden state because it's at home and golden state's the most terrible road team and you lose to denver on the road last game of the season yeah i think it, they probably go one and two no not in particular order for necessarily just one and two I kind of have a feeling they lose against dallas and golden state and then beat denver because denver already set up the one seed yeah, I uh, I was kind of leaning towards the one and two route um, as well. So, I mean, at the end of all of this, um, you guys uh -huh. can. So I think, Sam, I think you were a little bit more generous. Give me one second to tally up uh, all these numbers. Um, so you guys, you fill the air. Sam, you yeah, think? I think. Oh, no, you go, you go. This is your show. This is your show. Your show. No, it's yours, dude. You're the you're the host. <laughs> no, I was gonna I was gonna ask too, like, too, like what? So we're getting down to the end of the year. 
like all NBA, like, I don't think we've had this conversation with Kings players. Are we getting are we getting two Sacramento Kings on all NBA teams? I think Sabonis is easily a lock. Yeah, I do too. In the center position. Um, I think he's probably going to be a second teamer. Because uh, you kind of think they put Jokic and Embiid in the first team. Yeah. Um, and then you'd have Sabonis. I don't think Fox makes it. Okay. Uh, I think, like, Donovan Mitchell. Um, I think maybe even John Morant is still in front of him, even though he hasn't played. Yeah. So long. Um, Steph will be there. Clay is having a great year. Uh, well, great last couple of weeks for sure. Um, I think Dame probably finishes in front of. Like, I just think there's just too many guards in the entirety of the NBA. Yeah. Uh, but that's not to take away. He's having a phenomenal year. I think he. If anyone wins the Clutch Player of the Year, then that award is a joke. Oh, we bright. Straight up, yep. Like then, then that tells me awards mean nothing in the NBA. Like whoever wins the MVP, the the I don't care. Like doesn't mean anything. Like, yeah. Um, so for the records that we have put, we all have different records. Ben, you are in the middle, so you have them at ten and five. Sam, you have them at eleven and four, and I've got them finishing nine and six. So with all of our records. They would either finish with our predictions uh, somewhere between forty nine and fifty one wins. Um, that's what that would be sort of where they would land. Mine would be the only one where they finish with forty nine. So if your guys, if your guys' uh, predictions hold true, they would finish with fifty or more wins, which would be crazy. And well, say, sorry, but like quickly go through, look at the Western Conference and just go with yours, the low ball. We think the worst this team could do is nine and six. So give yeah. me the six seed and tell me how many games the Kings go nine and six. That team's got to win. Like how many, games, you know, right now, right now, the Clippers are the six seed. They are five games behind. Right. So, so they would have to win. Basically, they, win they don't. Out. They'd have to win out if the Kings. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like they're not dropping out of six. Like they're 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 a playoff team. They're a playoff. Team. I, I I think it'd be really I, tough for them to drop out of six. Yeah. God, that's I think so it'd be really hard for them to drop out of six. I want to right now. We only got about ten ish more minutes. What I want to do is just kind of look at if we'll do the classic if the playoffs started today. Um, and we'll see sort of how that broke down and kind of what we think uh, the Kings would, I mean, how they would fare if, you know, <laughs> God, I mean, I just fingers crossed the things stayed the same. So right now we would have the Nuggets playing the Mavericks, and I'm not including 9 and 10. So sorry, Lakers fans, you're, you're not included. Sorry, well, not really sorry. No one loves you anyways. Yeah, not really sorry. Um, so Nuggets would play, would go against the Mavericks. That's an interesting series. Uh, Grizzlies, Timberwolves. We'd get the three-six Clippers matchup with the Kings, and then the Suns, Warriors. So the the Clippers, I think. I mean, out of all of, and I know we talked about this a little bit earlier. Out of all of the teams that the Kings could play from six to ten, 
I feel like they would have a little bit of swagger going up against the Clippers, knowing that they handled them twice. But it's also the team that I think could possibly, out of all of the teams from six to ten, is the best. So it's like I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to feel going into that. Yeah, Sam, I mentioned this earlier. I think their offense could win them a series, like no doubt. I just don't know, like how. You know what I mean? Like, like you you need. Where do you find that ten minutes of good defense? You know. Yeah. Well, I think that comes from a team that's sort of streakier, and I think the Clippers could be that team. Um, off the top of my head, I don't know. Uh, if they have like crazy good shooting, I know it's mostly like Kawhi, PG, and then occasionally Russ, right? So if Paul George and Kawhi are having off games, or and one of them has an off game, then I think that really opens the door because the Kings' offense puts so much pressure on other teams. Their floor is 120 points. Like you know, at the start yeah, of the day, that you have to score 120. Right. right, and if you're just not there, then that allows them to get that win. I think that's sort of the possibility there. Yeah. Well, and Ben, so that's why the other day I had made such a big deal on this show about Kessler Edwards because mm-hmm. I think having because Davion right now is who comes <laughs> off the bench and gives us our defensive punch. Like he's the guy who can sort of switch the tempo of the team like the how the kings act on defense totally switches when davion comes in the game kessler edwards the other day was all over the place and if they can have another guy like davion who can come in and provide that defensive like firepower then i really think that that is going to be valuable for them and i think kessler edwards is going to play a pretty big role in the playoffs i really do yeah, I think so, too. It'll be interesting to see when we get down to it what Mike Brown does with this rotation. He's pretty much hit the nail on the head on damn near everything they've done. I've never yeah. really been like, why is Kessel Edwards getting minutes in the first quarter against the Suns? Oh, shit, he just shut down Devin Booker pretty easily. Okay, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it'll be interesting in the playoffs because, I mean, it's the whole, like, it everything shrinks. Like, you're going to run eight. You're going to run nine. Right now he's got ten guys going out there pretty consistently. We're not even talking about TD. Like, how does TD – because if when Kessler gets his minutes, someone else has got to sacrifice theirs. Yeah. Um, I don't – yeah, I think Kessler Edwards is going to come up big in moments for sure. I think his, his skill set on the defensive end is huge for this team. Um, but it, I, I don't know. What do you guys – is there any like rotation adjustments do you think should be made or who who loses minutes? You you know? Sam, you could stay with that. Yeah, I, I what do you guys think about this? I think um if Rashawn were to come back, because he's he's been injured, correct? He's not been injured, he's just got DNPs. I got. I thought he poses more of a rim protection than Shemezi, um, at least in my opinion. I think that's something that this team doesn't really have. Uh, even if you want to throw in Alex Len a little bit, it just gives them a different look, and I don't think their offense would really falter. 
because they just have so many playmakers they can play around it. Um, I was telling Jason uh, in the podcast that we did just the other day, when you have lineups with Dave Yon and Kessler Edwards, um, to me, the offense is just really, really sluggish yeah. because you have two guys that can't create for themselves. Um, and I think that just really hurts them on the offensive side for those couple minutes, and they wouldn't be able to take advantage of the good defense that they're playing. That's yeah. why I think if you're going to run a lineup with Davion and Kessler, the other two mandatories on the court at that time need to be Monk and Sabonis. I think those two guys together have to be on the floor with a Davion and a Kessler Edwards, and then maybe like Murray. Because Davion from time to time can get his shot, and he's not bad at the catch and shoot. Um, and Kessler, I think it's too early to really. I mean, he Say had anything about that, big, yeah. yeah, he had the big three against Phoenix. Um, so I guess it's too early really to to know if he's going to be a catch and shoot guy. Um, but I agree with you. I think if Kessler and Davion are out there, obviously the lineup, uh, the offensive punch isn't uh, as potent. But if you play Malik and Sabonis and then put another shooter out there like Trey or Keegan, I think they can manage for it at least a couple of minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. I think it's all really like – I mean, this is all back end of the rotation stuff anyways. Like, I think that's all matchup driven and, like, situation driven. Um, I I think you've got your eight. I, I Like, eight, eight and a half in terms of, like, Lyles and Metu, you know. And I think you're going to see your 10 be the TD if we need some offense. And if we need someone to go in and cause a little havoc on the defensive end, you're going to get some Edwards. So – it's just interesting. I didn't know what you guys thought about it. Do you guys think Keegan's going to have a short leash? Yes. I do too. I think he's been, I think Keegan's been in a tiny bit of a slump recently. Like he, like he was in one, then he drastically got out of it. And now he's sort of like in the middle of it. And Mike Brown the other night had a quick trigger with, uh, with Keegan. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, I mean, with Mike right now, and I think in these closing games, it's more of like, okay, we don't necessarily need Keegan to score the ball. What else are you doing for me? You can't get, if you're going to give me like a, a five point night, okay, can you get five rebounds? Can you get five deflections? Yeah. Can you get a block? Can you get a charge? Like, it's those minutes when he's out there, especially like in a fourth quarter where it's like, Okay, shot's not falling, but it's like we're not doing anything else. We're just kind of a body out there. I think that's where that leash is going to be like, nope, you don't have it tonight. Sorry. Like, you can start the second half. You don't show me anything. We're probably going to go in a Trey Lyles direction for the rest of the game. Right. So Trey Trey Lyles has been outstanding. Talk about a guy that we missed in the beginning before Sam came on. That's, I think, a guy that – I don't know if he's under contract – for next year but that's a that's a dude i don't think anyone else is going to realize how important you are and what the skills you bring to any team besides us so we'll sign you like you you know right away that's got to be like almost number one with hb that's awesome that you said that because i don't believe he is under contract because my dad texted me the other day he said 
he was i don't know if you guys know there's a podcast chain called locked on and mm-hmm. it is there's a locked on podcast for every single national sports team like mlb nfl all of that and the locked on kings podcast they have like three episodes weeks, like monday wednesday friday the guy who hosts that show mentioned that the first person that the kings need to re-sign this offseason is trey Lyles. no yeah agreed i like that guy yeah. Yeah, I think it's Duke. I think his name is Duke. He does some of the he does some on camera stuff for the Kings every once in a while. But um, I think it's, that's it's Matt. George. Is it oh, Matt? Matt George? Oh, it's Matt. Yes, yes. Sorry, yes, yeah. yes, Matt. It is Matt. Matt's good. Um, so I mean, the fact that we're having—I know we're getting to the end of our time here—but I know just that we're having these conversations is just so oh, nice. Yeah. I told Sam the other day that. Mark Jones on the broadcast, uh, he mentioned he mentioned to Katie, he was like, is it me or does this feel like April? And I looked at my dad, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> what did April feel like? I don't okay. Because it's never felt like this. No. So. <laughs> it's 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 cool. Like it's like usually at this point of the season, it's like, oh cool, the Kings are still on. Like we have an NBA team in Sacramento, like two thumbs up. Like awesome who's who's the guy we're getting you know like who's who's gonna who's gonna change it for us um this is just like yeah unbelievable like did not expect doing this late in march like okay we're the three seed we could possibly be the two seed yeah that uh that video of that kings fan screaming we're gonna have 40 wins that aged well (laughs) so so um all right well we have reached the end of uh, our time. Um, ben, I we want to thank you again for coming on the show. I mean, it's long overdue. Uh, we're definitely going to have to have you back on once playoffs start. I think the goal is going to try to be to get you and Josh on the podcast at the same time, and then we'll all do like a round robin about uh, sort of a playoff preview. Um, yep, that's no, going that to be the goal. That's awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> and just be yelling the whole time. No one be any. No one can make a thought. <laughs> oh man! I'll tell you what. Him. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, Ben. He was on the show the other day, and uh, it was just him and I. And uh, I grilled him about the Kings, and he had a lot of good things to say. It was. It was a. Uh, he was giving the Kings their flowers, so that was nice. That was, that was nice. That's good. Him and him and the national media finally. I know. <laughs> So, all right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. Obviously, we had uh, another episode earlier this week, so uh, just a few days ago. So if you listen to this episode, I promise you'll appreciate the other one as well. Um, Everybody, uh, again, guys, thanks for being here. Ben, thanks for being here. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, Go Kings, and hopefully we see a couple more beams uh, by the end of the season. So have a safe week. Have a safe weekend, everybody, and we will talk to you all very soon. Light the beam!